0: We want to help 10,000 offices, 10,000 offices build a clinic gym hybrid. If we can support them in any way, we will. But the reason for that is a clinic gym hybrid is the evidence-informed method to get people out of pain and keep them out of pain long term. If you look at all the research, one word comes up more than any other when it comes to musculoskeletal conditions, and that is exercise. So why aren't people getting better? A second question to ask is why aren't musculoskeletal providers the highest paid professionals if that's the number one issue facing most people in America? We're here to change that. We want to help 10,000 offices open up their own clinic gym hybrid, and we want them to run a business model that's profitable and easy to manage. That is a membership-based business if I've ever heard one. But that's why we put on this podcast. That's why we do our live events, and that's why we sell our coursework and our education all at clinicgymhybrid.com. Hey, welcome to Clinic Gym Radio. This is Dr. Josh Satterley, and I'm excited for you to be on this journey. Look, when I started my Clinic Gym Hybrid back in 2013, I didn't have a place to go for resources. That's why we're doing this podcast. That's why we're here. I hope you dig this interview. Let's jump in. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another exciting episode of Clinic Gym Radio. I'm your host, as always, Dr. Josh Satterley, and I am here with my buddy, Rick Anderson. Rick, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having right. me, bud. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Now, Rick is out in beautiful Charlotte, North Carolina. One of our previous guests, Lindsay Muma, I think is in that same area. Is that the triangle?
1: No, the triangle is Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill. It's a couple hours east of here. North All right. Coast. Well,
0: then you're nowhere near our other guest, Lindsay. Nowhere Moore, near. So, yeah. <laughs> but your state ends with the word Carolina. So we'll just, to a guy on the West coast, we'll count it as close. You know. There you go. Yeah. Awesome. I can accept that. Well, uh, Rick, Rick and I have been uh, uh, friends uh, for a couple of years and kind of came to a connection over the idea of automation and Rick understands automation. And I want to talk today about the ways we can use automation to make better, smoother businesses that have a better experience for our clients, but also more profit margin. And there's a lot of people who understand automation, but Rick, you owned a gym for quite a while, right? And so I did. Yeah. You know what it's like of working your butt off, spending a ton of money to get new leads, and then working those leads up and saying nice things to them to get them to step two feet in the door, right? Now, in most gyms across the board, if you can get those people to step their two feet inside the door, you're very likely to sell them, right? They're going to buy a membership, at least for a while. Yeah, I think uh, so. Yeah. But the whole, the most of the work, the heavy lifting is from the first time they find you to getting their feet inside, uh, inside your door. And I want to talk about that because systematizing that is so important. And I think so many people are, you know, they get stuck at these low levels of gym numbers, you know, 15 members or 25 members. And, you know, you ain't making profit at that. I mean, maybe you can keep the lights on with 25 or 40, but you got to get up past 100 to really make a profit in the same regard it's tough man i think that that is much go from zero to 100 members is way tougher than go from 100 to 200 i mean it's exponentially harder uh so i want to talk about those systems that you put in place and uh the world of automation but can you take people back give you a little give us a little backstory of you know your gym what style of gym it was kind of yeah sure how you guys operated
1: yeah yeah um 2004, uh, I opened a personal training franchise. So I was a franchisee here mm-hmm. in, uh, in Charlotte and over the, you know, it started off with a bang. I was a young, young and full of energy and excitement and optimism. And people can't um,
0: see it, but you're incredibly good looking and you yeah, know, incredibly you fit. So, so yeah, that yeah. was,
1: that was, that was the key to when my you success. weren't
0: doing the underwear modeling, you were running this gym. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Right.
1: <clears throat> um, so uh, our our studio started off pretty well, and over the next few years, we grew to four locations. So this was mid two thousands when everything was really going well, and it was pretty easy to sell personal training at that point because everybody yeah. was flushed with cash and the economy. Was and when we're in. saying
0: locations, just for people so they can picture, um, what are we talking? Fifteen hundred square feet, something like that. Yeah,
1: yeah, fifteen hundred to two thousand square feet. Well, twelve hundred to two thousand square feet. Yeah. So these aren't. But I
0: just want people to picture. This isn't like a Planet fish. This isn't a huge gym. No, 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 no. Small personal training.
1: Yeah. Yeah. These aren't. Um. You know, global gym type setups. They're very small. It's it was all one on one personal training. Um. But the interesting thing is, I, I I was uh um blissfully ignorant of how ineffective I actually was. Right. Like we were successful as a result of the. Uh, economic environment at the time. And I didn't realize how ineffective we were until, uh, 2009 when everything collapsed and nobody had money anymore. And, uh, it was like a big wake up call to, Hey, you're going to have to get much more effective and efficient at not only collecting leads, but converting them into uh, consults yeah. and converting those consults into clients and keeping those clients in order to keep the doors open. Um, so that was, I was introduced to the world of automation there and kind of late, uh, it might have been 2010, 2011. Introduced um, as
0: in you were bleeding and you were trying to find some way
1: to stop it. Yeah. bleeding? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're bleeding. Um, you know, I had other colleagues that were in other brands and kind of shared, hey, you need to, you need to look at this particular CRM. Um, you need something like this. And it made perfect sense, right? It was something that just really clicked with the way. That I thought um in terms of oh, that makes sense because as a you know, in my mind, an entrepreneur at the time, like I wanted to grow things. I didn't want to be baking the pies, I wanted to be running the the pie shop and uh you know, profiting. And so I knew we needed systems. Additionally, we had four different managers at those lo- those locations that were all kind of doing different things. And so this necessity to streamline. And have a very consistent experience through every location just kind of evolved over time.
0: So at the time, a CRM was kind of, now there's a lot of CRMs. And if people don't know what that is, let's just, we got a lot of people that maybe don't know what that is. An EHR system is essentially a kind of a specialized version of a CRM. But what a CRM is, customer relationship management. Keeping that customer's name, their address, their phone number, uh, maybe services they're interested in, uh, when they entered your system. You know, um, what you know, they may have downloaded stuff from you because they're interested, but it was a way to manage all that. But in 2010, it was a n- it was, newer concept. What were you using up to that point?
1: Yeah, we had played around with um, geez, I'm not even trying. I mean, were I you doing say, it spreadsheet
0: based basically? Yeah, yeah, it was, all, it
1: was yeah. all spreadsheet based, and then our the yeah. franchise system that I was in had a really um, I mean, it wasn't antiquated at the time, but it would be a, a joke now, you know, it was just a system for tracking when people did sessions. There was no way to, yeah. uh, automate communication or follow up with people or track leads. It was all Excel spreadsheets. Google sheets wasn't even a, a yeah. thing at the time. It was all Excel spreadsheets. Um, and there was no insight for me as a business owner into what was actually happening at those right. locations, right? Like, yeah.
0: I use this example all the time, but I do some 3D motion uh, capture with golfers and you put these Mm -hmm. 3D sensors and what it produces is a spreadsheet, massive spreadsheet of every at every location, every, let me see if I can explain this for each sensor. It's going to reference the three planes of motion and then how much change there is. And then it's going to do that per millisecond that it processes information. Right. Yeah. So you can imagine it puts like, you just swing a golf club. It's going to produce hundreds of thousands of cells right showing that to a golfer being like do you see here rick at a you know when you were right up here and this you opened your club face two degrees and it doesn't make any sense right yeah so quickly somebody realized this and said all right let's make a little uh visual you know simulated golfer that's going through the motion so we can show you what's happening right your hips are are turning this much you're leaning over to the left but i think people who are doing this on on spreadsheets are kind of in that same boat they're not seeing the flow of patients they're not seeing like wow something really happens around the 60th day you know yeah drop off and that kind of stuff so so not to slow us down so you get in you you set up a crm and at the time um which which one did you kind of move go towards
1: i i want to say it was Active campaign, but I don't think that was—I don't think that was right. It was—I don't think they started yet, man. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it was something else, and I can't remember what—I can't remember exactly what it was called. Um, it there was wasn't that Microsoft impressive
0: Act product, was it? Was it that? No,
1: it wasn't that. Okay. It was something that was really simple. It was like a lead capture form. You know, you'd put out some piece of value to the yeah. uh, to the community, and hey, you know, fill out this form, and we'll send you okay. such and such. It was really like the very first iteration was just a way to capture leads. Um, But as we as I spent more and more time in that space and really just kind of kind of fell in love with it, to be honest, um, just because I could see the power of how you can actually build a scalable business doing this. One of the most valuable things for anybody, uh, whether you're in fitness or not, that I found in building out the automation is that you have to get clear on what you're going to (laughs) build. Right. So it forces you to actually answer the questions. um, Yeah. What what is our strategy? Right For moving people, for capturing leads, right. for, for getting them on the phone, for scheduling them for a consult. For getting so we them use a up.
0: CRM, you know, we, we sell trust-driven care, which is a, yep has a CRM and communication built onto it, which is another yep. subject. I don't, I don't understand CRMs that don't offer communication methods, right? Yes. Like weird. But anyways, that's to be, uh, we can focus on the future. Um, but I was just talking to my wife yesterday and we were just having to talk about like, what do you do when you get a demo call? And we have a process, right? Yep. To your point about like figure out like how it actually works. Like one of the things is when you hang up from a call, what do you do? And it's like, right. okay, well, I have some people that are like they're interested, send them a, a link to buy. Yeah. Some people are interested, but they don't want to buy right now. They need to talk to their husband or wife. Yep. Some people aren't interested at all. Some people were rude and we don't know as customers. And you're like, I want to scrub this person from the list. And then there's some people, they never show up. So we can't get to that point. So how do you handle all of those situations, right? And that's just yep. one step in a Zoom meeting, that, yeah. let alone somebody walking in your door or downloading your information or saying they're interested in training, you know? And so building out every one of those steps, I think is, is one of the, it's fun. It's a puzzle to me that you can figure it out, but it, it's fun.
1: I think it's paralyzing for a lot of people. Right? Yeah, for sure. Because it's, you, you can very easily, when you're starting, you end up going down a lot of rabbit holes Mm-hmm. And so the way that I always tried to envision it was okay. Let's just pretend that if I was if I'm working with somebody that we're helping build out automation, or this is the same process mm-hmm. that I went through for myself. It's like let's pretend we only had one person in the entire world that we serviced, right? So Josh yeah. is my only lead. He's going to be my only client. What would that journey look like for him, right? So Josh, you start at the beginning. Josh fills out. Uh,
0: Josh form. fills out a form. I'm, t-
1: I'm interested in training, right? what's next? What would you do next if that was your only person? Well, you, you might call them immediately. You might text them and say, Hey, can we set up a call? There's some next step that's going to happen. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, I it's important to look at like,
0: what is the person expecting right then? Like, I mean, I filled out forms on websites and I'm like, I've never heard anything back. And I'm like, are they just not interested in me? Like I want to, right. I want to throw money at you. (laughs) I'm trying, you know?
1: So yeah. And, and I think what happens to a lot of people is. Um, that they get to that first step and then they start a whole bunch of like, well, what if they say this? Well, what if they say that? Well, what if they say this? Well, what if they say that? There's an opportunity to go back and account for those iterations, but I would just get one path first. Our perfect, mm-hmm. in a perfect scenario, um, I pick up the phone immediately and call Josh. Or maybe mm-hmm. when I get the form, I send him a text saying, hey, I'm going uh, to give you a call just as soon as I can, right? And then you make that call. And, and right. so you, you draw that whole thing out. Um, we had a, a philosophy that kind of guided everything in the way that we, we built things. And it's like, we're going to automate everything that could possibly be automated, right? So like text, emails, when we know the context of the conversation, we're going to automate the text or the email. There are obviously some steps that can't be automated. Right Like you want to have a phone call, particularly if uh-huh. you're in in uh, you know high dollar fitness sales um, or or any kind of high ticket thing, you're going to need a phone call. So there's a step where a human has to step in, right? And there's something they need to do. And so the way we looked at those is, remember to kind of back up a second. we're going to automate everything that can be automated, and if it can't be automated because a person has to do it, we're going to automate the accountability for that. We're going to make sure. That the person who needs to do that knows that they need to do it, exactly what they need to do, when they need to do it, and um, how to record the outcome of what happened.
0: So, simple. When somebody walks in my office, I want them to be greeted by name, and I want them to be handed yep. a water bottle. Like, here's a bottle yep. of water, yep. right? So, those things cannot be automated by some cute computer, right? Right. It's impossible. Uh, and I'm not going to have some weird robot like shoving its arm in their face with a right, water bottle. Right, right, so right, that's, right In 20 right. years, that'll be here, but it's not. Yeah. So what you're saying is when that person's name pops up on the appointment, maybe a checkbox that says greeted by name and handed a water bottle. Right. Sure. Yep. Simple. Whichever employee checks that box, the system will record and go Rick Anderson, checked the box at 1044 a.m. Right. Therefore, we know it's right. completed. We know it's completed by Rick and we have a right. timestamp on it. Of, of completion. Sure. Yeah. So yes, I would like the, you were the one who actually shook their hand, handed them a water bottle, but we know that it
1: happened with every client. Right. Yeah. Yep. 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 And and, and that's are- the key. One of the, so there's, there's two, there's a couple things to consider when you're building out this specific portion, like where somebody needs to do something. Right. Because I think mm-hmm. those are the areas that are most likely, um, to break. Right. Yeah, and, like it's not like, and things it's wrong inconsistency.
0: With but, if you right, know that when you, yeah, if you know that, Hey, greeting them by name, shaking their hand and handing them a water bottle. Every time we do that, it reduces, it produces 81% close rate in, in selling people on memberships. Sure. It's part of your process. But why won't you ever do that? Why? Because we're human beings and it's like, yep. we get busy or we're running back to our desk and that person doesn't want to go behind the desk, grab the water bottle, go back yep. around the desk, hand it to yep. them. So you're like, oh, it's fine. And then they get out of that habit and then they're out of the habit so long they forget to stock the water bottles in the morning and then blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then we go to this 60% close rate, you know, a huge drop off, 25% drop off of our success rate. Yeah. And we go, what, why, what happened? It's like, well, you got inconsistent, you know?
1: Yep. So, yep, totally. Um, I, I think that, uh, so let's, just just trying to share some of the areas, some of the things that I've found helpful when building out this type of automation. So you're going to have things like you're describing, which are, I would put more into the um, day of consult mm-hmm. type experience checklist, right? Like whoever's yeah. at the desk, I need you to work through these things. right? Water bottle, tour, whatever, whatever those steps are. Um, but even before that, like, let's say that we need to, so here's where, here's where I think uh, one of the big, conversion points or bottlenecks is particularly in the fitness business it's like somebody's interested in getting started and you need to schedule a time for them to come in and meet right and if you can't get that done through automation by sending schedule links and those sorts of things you're on the phone right like that's how you move people along you follow up you make a call on day 1 right you make a call on day 2 day 3 day 4 so those are those are huge opportunities where uh, a ton of business is lost in my experience and so the way that we built that in, into our CRMs is we had a widget on the dashboard that would say, if it's, if it's day one and I need to call Josh Satterly, it would pop up and say, make call one to Josh Satterly. And it would, we'd even put in a, uh, well, let's just, I don't want to get, I don't want to go down too many rabbit holes. And it's very simple. It's like, was that call made or not? Mm-hmm. Right? Like it says on your dashboard, your job today, um, you know, a uh, front desk person or whoever's responsibility is, is to make call one to Josh Saturday to schedule a console, right? So I pick up the yeah. phone and I make a call to Josh. Now there's right. going to be, so that's step number one is actually making sure that your front office person or whoever's responsibility that is, is doing what they need to do when they need to do it. Okay. Yep. It needs to be done today. Because that's the way that we mapped out our whole follow-up process.
0: Yeah. So I just want to bring up a point here. Is it's great that you have this information. It's great that we have this organized where people can opt in and they can leave their phone number and say, hey, blah, blah, blah. And it's great that we're focusing on them, right? But as you know, when you have people, you want them to do when you have employees, you want them to do work. But how right. do we prioritize work? Because if everything's a priority, nothing becomes a priority. Right. And if it's right. like call people today, who do we call yep. who, who is the most likely to respond to the thing well the ones the ones we want to call first uh are the people who in the last 24 hours said i want to call right they filled yep. out the form on our website requesting a callback mm-hmm. and so how do you clearly show the person let's talk about a manual process to clarify this right how do i show you rick if if you were You know, if I'm working for you and I walk in, and let's say that you're in the back with a client, you're training them for the next 42 minutes, right? How do you show me where to start my work? What's the most important work I do right now? This is where I think your system and your setup had genius, is because that person at the front desk, let's be honest, is typically the lowest paid person in the building. Right. Well, the owner oftentimes is even lower paid, but we just don't want to admit it. Yeah, yeah, right. (laughs) But lowest paid. (laughs) lowest trained and has the lowest motivation to we, we are invested in our business. We refinanced our house or whatever. Right. Yeah. That front desk person doesn't have that pressure and that belief that it's going That's to succeed. True. Yep. So how do you still set up a system where it's like on your worst day when you're grumpy and you're overworked and underpaid start here. Right.
1: That That, that is a fantastic question. And, um, so let me explain the way that we do it, and I want to give credit to uh, to a, a mentor of mine, Brad Martino at Sixth Division, who who helped me frame yeah. this years ago when we built out our stuff. So there are any number of tasks that need to be done during a day. To your point, right? So maybe Josh mm-hmm. needs call one, Mary needs her third call, Jake. Don't needs forget his to wipe down call. the tables
0: and take out yeah. the trash. Right, right.
1: Blah, and blah, so, blah, how blah. do you yeah. prioritize this stuff? Because you run to your point, you run into a situation where your front desk guy has been uh, working all day, but he's cleaning the, uh, he's vacuuming and rearranging the plants and dusting off the blinds. Meanwhile, you've got high value tasks that 34 are 34 people done, that opted right, in. But he's been busy, but, he's, but yeah. he's been working. It's not like I'm not working. Okay. So. And it's all important.
0: Hey, the, the blinds need to be dusted. I'm not arguing that that, that is an important part of what we do, yep. but it's not the most prioritized.
1: So here's how we do it. We have a specific section on the dashboard in our CRMs and the title of that section is something along the lines of get these to zero before I leave or before you leave. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Say that again, so, just so people are clear. It has a section so, on the so dashboard. Widget, can't miss it. Section on the dashboard. It is front and center, very top. The title is get these to zero before I leave. Okay. And in that, uh, in that section, there will be a list of things that need to be done before they leave. So for example, and depending on the CRM you're using, it can vary a little bit. But the point is that let's say that I have uh, two people that need their first call to schedule a consult. I've got Josh and Mary. Okay. They're both there. Josh, make call one to schedule consult. Mary, make call one to schedule consult. When those are checked off, they disappear. Right. Mm-hmm. So if those were the only two for the day and, and your front desk person comes in in the morning, and they say, oh, I've got these two things. I know that I get, need to get this box essentially to zero, make it empty uh-huh. before the end of the day. And I know if I've done that as a front desk operator, that I have addressed the, the, the tasks that are crucial to business operation.
0: Right. The most right? important things have the been most identified
1: and they've been completed. And so we collect based on the way that we've, when something needs to be done that day, it goes in that box. Now, there's a big difference between the way this is set up and the way a traditional to-do list is set up, right? A to-do list typically is like, if you sit down at the beginning of the week and say, hey, these are the things I need to knock out this week, right? It's like, okay, I got to change the air filters. I got to change the oil. We got to cut the grass. We got to do all these things. It's a list of stuff that needs to be done. It could be done today. It could be done tomorrow. It could be done Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's just got to be done this week. There are things that I got to do. They're kind of on my list. And the tendency when you see something like that is to everything has the same value and there's not a specific timeline with which it needs to be done in. So let me give you an example. If I make, if there's something, so I need to make call one to Josh and Mary today, and I need to make call three to George tomorrow, George is not going to be on the dashboard today. Right right? Because that needs to be done tomorrow. He will show up tomorrow. We need to make it Mm -hmm. super clear for the front office folks. Hey, there is absolutely, it's not up for debate. Like before you leave today, these need to be at zero. These are Mm -hmm. your priorities get these to zero. And Mm -hmm. so you have your automation built in a way that only puts the crucial items for that day in front of your front office operator. It does not give them a laundry list of stuff. But if it needs to be done tomorrow or the day after, don't put it on. Don't have it right. visible today So it's let me
0: just, uh, for those who aren't familiar with the CRM and dashboards and all this, I just want to set up a visual illustration of this. Imagine you have your big front desk, right? And on that front desk, you take some blue blue painter's tape, right? So it sticks out nicely. And you make kind of a box, a box that's maybe you know, a foot wide and the length of the table. And every night an elf is going to come in and say, here are the people who are interested in your service. It's going to write their names on a colored post-it note, right? And it's going to put that post-it note in that blue painter's tape box, right? On the desk. So person comes in the morning, one morning, there's two people, two post-it notes, separate post-it note. Each post-it note is a different person that's interested. They come in one day, there's two. The next day, there's six. The next day, there's zero. The next day, there's five, right? And what you're saying is the only thing that goes in that tape box or that, you know, whatever section of the front desk is a post-a-note with the priority things for
1: today. That's, that's exactly right.
0: But what you're saying is don't grab another set of post-a-notes, maybe smaller ones, and start adding in like wipe down the kitchen. Uh, you know, vacuum front, yeah. change trash bags. Yeah. Now you're just going to have a bunch of clutter all in there. And what we need to do today, the thing that's going to get the business to be successful and get us to that hundred members and yeah. repay our loans and yeah. pay everybody to be happy and give me a little bit of profit to take my wife to uh, freaking you know, Dominican Republic for five well-earned days yeah. is going to be consistently calling these, the, things. these things today. This is today's work. Yep. There, there is work to do tomorrow, believe me. But this is what needs to be done yep. today.
1: Yeah, and that, that uh, framework to operate in is not just limited to making these lead calls. It's, mm-hmm. it's as you map out, so if we back up to what we were talking about at the beginning, as you map out the entire customer journey, right? there are going to be check-ins that need to be make with, made with a, with a new member who's been there for two weeks. You need to have a conversation with them. Like we've identified that our perfect process, we check in with somebody after two weeks. How are you feeling about your connection with your trainer? Right? Like we have a conversation with them. So that's something that needs to happen at two weeks. There may be something else that you want to happen at the three week or the five week or the eight week point. Right? It's the, any, at any point in that customer journey, when a manual action is required, something that can't be automated, it's going to pop up on that day on their dashboard in that blue tape. So your magic elf comes in and puts a post-it note for Josh, who's a new lead. He needs his first call. What mm-hmm. also happens that it's on this day, George needs his third call. So he's in there. And Larry needs his two-week check-in. So he's there. And I'm running out of names. Tanya needs uh, an eight-week check-in, right? Whatever these processes are, they only mm-hmm. show up on that day, okay? Right. And the yeah. second part of that is that um, if we go to the next day and something wasn't completed, which shouldn't happen, but let's be honest, it does happen, um, that carries over. They don't disappear until it's acknowledged that they've been done.
0: One, one reason I like this, too, this setup of this visual thing. So the visual kind of component people can think of if they ever go, if you ever use a software called Trello, right? Trello is an oh, easy way to think that's a digital post it notes that you yeah. can put up, right? Mm -hmm. Asana had that, and it's called a Kanban system, a -A -A K-A-N-B-A-N system. And I think it was invented in in Japan because it's just a really easy way to organize work that has to be done by teams, right? Yeah. Make it visual. The other reason I really like it is when it becomes visual and you as an owner don't have to sort through the spreadsheet or check on this or who does this or run a report. It's just, hey, it's there. You can look at how effective is that front desk person at getting the work done, right? Because yep. if at 4.45, in the if you started with six names and at 4.30, we're a half hour from close, there's still five names up there. Either the system needs to be improved or the person needs to be improved, right? right? Something's going yep. wrong. The other thing is, let's say that I have, a, you know, Lindsay that works Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and I have um, Joey that works Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, right? Yep. Lindsay doesn't have to tell Joey, hey, remember to do these and blah, blah, and set up yeah. this. He comes in, looks, and goes, there's five five names. I'm going to yeah. work on making those five calls. Yeah. Right? Then the next day, a totally different person, Lindsay, comes in and goes, oh, there's there's four names today. I'll make those four calls. Yeah. And it allows them to pick up wherever they left off. And let's say you're like, you know, let's say that uh, Joey says, you know, hey, I'm... I got to go take care of my sick grandmother for six weeks. I'm really sorry, blah, blah, blah. And you hire a VA. Guess what? You show the VA. <laughs> yeah. Here's the list. Call these people today. And when you, when they're all called, you're done with that. Move on to the other tasks. Yeah. But this is the yeah, priority would, work. Other, totally.
1: Yep. Yeah. And, and if you do it right, I mean, it, these are not, um, they're super important, but they're typically not like overly involved or difficult steps. They're yeah. just things that are important for Continuing to optimize right. the rate at which prospects move through your pipeline to become clients, and um, that that back end where you're doing check ins and surveys and those sorts of things to make sure that they're staying—that's huge for churn and identifying issues so that you can correct them before the yeah. before they're gone. Right. Um, if I could add one other thing that I've I found to be really important is that when you're you you can build these things in a way that when somebody is. Being assigned a task, so for example, if, if you know our front desk person has been asked to call to make their first call to Josh, there's going to be uh, a certain number of outcomes to that task, right? Like I had to leave a voicemail, um, he's not interested. I schedule a mm-hmm. consult. There's you know three or four something like that. So you give them a way to record the outcome of that, okay? And it's that recording that passes baton for lack of a better way of saying it back to the automation to take the next appropriate steps right that's how that's how we communicate back to the CRM what happened so that the CRM can run the appropriate automation so for example she checks off her, her task was to make call one she did it and she marks that we scheduled a consult well the act of scheduling that consult and marking that not only clears the task that's been done but now it's sends the automation for the, the, you know, the email to them. Hey, here's where, your, here's where your consult is. Here's what to expect. It sends the text, the, those sorts of things. Um, so I think that's important, this idea of using this you know blue painter's tape widget box concept. Um, when that Post-it note pops up there, it's basically your automation passing the baton to you and saying, hey, it's your turn to do something there's something that manually has to happen here. And it's when that's done, it's the act of recording the outcome, you know, however that's done in a mm-hmm. particular system that mm-hmm. passes the baton back to the automation. And so the whole goal becomes to keep running laps, right? To pass the baton right. automation to manual manual to automation. Automation does its yeah. thing when it's time for something else to be done. Boom. The little post-it note pops back up and the blue painter takes right. where You do your thing, pass it on, and and keep going.
0: Because let's, yeah, let's continue that. So, you know, the person makes the call and books the client in for a consult, right? What would be sweet that happens? Oh, that the person who has to do the consult. So now, Rick, you have a consult tomorrow at 11 a.m. Let me hand you this little post-it note. And it's got the name of the person. It's got why they're coming in. And you go, oh, great. And then that person comes in at 11 and there were some yep. messages that made, reminded them to come in 11, right? Yep. And then you meet with them at 11 and you sell them on a one year membership paid in full, right? Yep. What would be great to happen is we hand that post-it note back up to the front desk and they collect payment info and get a waiver yep. signed and That's they right. double check that we have a, a you know our uh, our training agreement, right? Okay. Let's go audit. How many clients do we have without waivers? Oh, man, we have 17 clients without waivers. Who worked them up at the front desk? Who collected payment yeah. info? Oh, Jocelyn. Well, I guess we need to have a training <laughs> session with Jocelyn about, that's hey, right. it's not just payment. It's also getting the waiver and the you know, agreement. Uh, and you can start solving those problems. And you create a very, <laughs> what you create is a very boring business. It's <laughs> super boring. And that's, yeah, and that's great. And that is actually the goal. You know, that's what we want. Yeah.
1: For sure. I mean, you know, as point, my friend always
0: says, uh, get your emotional needs met at the bank in business. <laughs> <You know>? That's <laughs> like, right. I you like don't need that. the excitement at the, in the process. What you need is the yeah. excitement of looking at your account and going, oh, whoa, that's
1: for awesome. Sure. I didn't work that hard for that money. For sure. And, you know, one of the, you know, to just piggyback on what you're saying there a second ago, um, is if you have a completely closed system, right? I mean, closed by the baton's never on the ground. Right, mm-hmm. it's either the automation's got it, or the or the front desk person has it. Back and forth, uh, it gives you super valuable insight into data. You talked about okay, who's not collecting the waivers, but it also shows you uh, your conversion rates along your pipeline, right? Yeah. And so one mm-hmm. of those points, maybe it's getting them on the, maybe it's scheduling a consult, maybe it's getting them to show up, maybe it's closing the sale, maybe it's keeping them. One of those points is going to be the bottleneck. There's always a bottleneck, right? And often it's not what you think it is looking at a business anecdotally, right? Like, oh, we crush it in sales. Like, oh, we crush it at scheduling consults. We crush it in sales. We crush it at keeping people. But guess what? We're really crappy at actually getting people on the phone. Yeah, if we can get them on the phone, then we can schedule a consult. And so it gives you direction as a business owner into where you need to focus and look at your process. And the great thing about building this kind of stuff out in automation in the CRM is you get the insight into where the bottleneck is. And then you can, you know, without much time, kind of reimagine and reiterate what happens just before that bottleneck and see if you can boost that conversion, right? Because little boost there at the front end, if you only get 20% of your people, uh, if you consult of your console, of your leads on the phone. Um, and you can boost that to 40% and everything else stays the same. You just doubled your entire business. Right. Right. Can I give you a real world, uh, example here? (laughs) So, you know, that
0: I can't help myself but talk and I love (laughs) talking about interesting things and I love talking to interesting people. Right. So we had a, uh, sales guy, Dave. And if you looked at my stats at closing clients and you looked at Dave's stats, you would see that Dave closes about 80%, 81.3% of people. Yeah. Josh closes for 42% of people, right? Now, if you were to ask me, how did it go with Rick? I would answer you, it went great. But if you look at how well did you close, Rick? It wasn't so great. Right. right. But I ended every one of those conversations feeling really good. Hey, that person really likes our company and they really appreciate yeah. it. But yep. if you were my accountant, you would audit it and say what should happen here? If one guy's closing 80% and the other's closing 40%, what should happen? Yeah. Either send all the sales leads to to Dave, yeah. and get Josh out of the system cuz he's actually costing you money, right? Yep. Or what is Dave doing that Josh isn't? Yeah. Right? To make matters worse, my average demo time talking to people because I have I just <laughs> can't control myself was like 45 minutes. Yeah. Dave's was 22 minutes. Yeah. So you had a half and a half. So in the same amount of time, he could actually 4X the business, right? He has basically twice the closing rate and it takes him half as long. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But as an owner, who is also a human being, like, let, that's what I love about your system, Rick, is when you talk about this, it's honoring the fact that these are humans doing the work. Yeah. These aren't robots with no emotions. I love talking. I love talking to people. I love connecting with yeah. people about their clinic and talking about this and that and blah, blah, blah. But, that love, that passion slows the system down. Grinds totally. a halt. Yeah. And that happens and it's okay. And, and, but what you're saying that I think you bring up a good point is if you log these things and you send it back to the CRM, if you click the box, if you take a note, if you move them in stages, whatever, whatever act you do creates data. And that's right. You know, when you use a CRM as, as a, oh man, who was our, our Indian buddy? He was a good friend of all our friends at Fix Your Funnel and stuff. Um, short Indian guy, big Dan Kennedy fan. Um, God dang it. Uh, I don't remember. If you saw his name, you'd totally recognize him. Anyways, he he had this line that I always appreciated. He said, once you start using a CRM, you become a fish. And instead of water, you're swimming in data. It's all yeah. there. It's all around you. Yep. And you just yep. need to start asking questions. But until you do that, if you're doing a manual process like the post notes we're not getting data right maybe we have a bunch of post notes at the end and like what happened to these people but
1: that's another it's all anecdotal point. it's all feeling yeah. right and uh, I was, you know, to your i was just going to say to your point uh, an example of you and your sales rep it's like even though these are manual processes it's super important to create frameworks mm-hmm. and educate your staff on exactly how that needs to be done i'll give you an example so my wife is building out um, a new CRM solution called Beauty Guide Pro. So she's in the, in the makeup world, and this is a system that um, she's built or we built together to make running their uh, direct sales businesses much easier. And so, as part of running Beauty Guide Pro, she has conversations with other sales reps, right? And mm-hmm. it's very I listened in on a couple of conversations, which makes her super uncomfortable, right? Because nobody wants to be listened to when they're doing it. And, uh, it's very easy in a case like that to slip into, um, to your point, conversation and education and uh, kind of getting outside of a framework that's proven to close. So what was your yeah. guy's name that that closed a bunch? Dave. Dave, right? So Dave probably has a very consistent, specific way that he works through things. I, I, yeah. I know you're familiar with Alex Ramosi, um, but for your listeners, go find a YouTube video. Um, where Alex discusses his Closer framework. Right. And so Linz and I worked closer.
0: Closer is an acronym for
1: the listeners. Yeah, Closer like, is an acronym C-L-O, for clarify, <S-L. label, yeah. um, obstacles, sell the vacation, explain away objections, reinforce, something like that. It's 15 or 20 minutes long. Um, we took that framework. So Linz had had a couple conversations that went great. And people were going to sign up as soon as they got off the call. And... We're still waiting for them to sign up, right? Because they yeah. were great conversations. Yeah, We built out, we used that closer framework. We gave her some key kind of hinge points. And her next couple of calls were half the time and closed. And these are not big tickets. They were closed on the, on the call, right? So right. my right. point being that even though these are manual things, you're, you made the point that we're all human, right? We are. And so in the absence of a structure to work within for each of these tasks, it's way too easy to feel like you're building a relationship and you are, but you're not accomplishing the objective of that part of the pipeline. So give mm-hmm. them acronyms, give them frameworks, and give them the tools they need. Like, for example, when somebody has to leave a voicemail on make call one in that widget, we have the uh, scripting. Here's the voicemail right here. They don't have to think about it. Like, leave it like don't this. Don't just it's randomly they, leave a
0: message that you think
1: is yeah, fine. Yeah, if or- they iterated it a little bit, that's fine. Make it you. but here's. Here's the scripting,
0: yep. right? Yeah. And for, I, I want to make this point too, because every time that, so we're all coming out of the healthcare world, brother. So w- scripting is, is sometimes scary to us. And it's like, yeah. I'm taking all my control. But remember, the, the movies that win Academy Awards for the best acting that just yep. sell the fact that they were yep. in fact in 19, a soldier in 1917, World War I, yep. the whatever movie was scripted, Yep. But what you're paying the actor to do is to deliver it in a way that captures the, the viewer of the movie, captures right. you in the emotion and the transfer of emotion and the <coughs> words and the delivery and the tone. So don't be scared of the, the script, but most of us are trying to just ad lib it. And are, if you listen to it on the other side, it sucks. The voice well, is not think- planned.
1: I think the reason people uh, resist scripts is because they feel like it's manipulative, right? Or that it's unauthentic. And I think what we have to remember is that if our, what is our intent, right? Like as people come into our gyms or studios, if the intent is genuinely to serve, then you're actually doing them a disservice by not getting out of your comfort zone and having a conversation with them that leads them to take the step that they need to, to take. Right. So mm-hmm. the script is really if you're uncomfortable with a script or operating inside a framework or a process, it's really more of, I think, a reflection of how convicted you are and your ability to serve this person. Yeah. And that's a whole different conversation. So I think you find um, building these frameworks are so powerful. Uh, and then you're getting here's the here's, here's the other part. I'm sorry, I'm ripping a little bit, but um, Reps are so important, right? Like the more you rep working through a script or a framework, the better that you, the better you're going to get at it, right? The more effective you're going to get at it. And the easier it is to make iterations and test how effective it is. But if you're not on a script, then you're not repping anything. You're in fact, and if you, and if if, even worse, if what you're doing is not affecting, it's not Mm -hmm. effective, you're repping the wrong things. You're getting better at doing the wrong things, right? Like you you work with, you work with golfers, Mm -hmm. right? Like what's the hardest thing to fix is a bad golf swing because you've just practiced the wrong thing over and over and over and over again. So anyway, a little side jump, but I think it's, it's a window into conviction and maybe shift. if, If that's something anybody listening is struggling with to shift the way that they're viewing that.
0: Yeah. Well, Rick, uh, I want to be respectful of your time and I want to say thank you so much for talking to us today. I think what my big takeaway from this is you made some great points. Number one, lay out what the path would be if you had one client, what would you do with them if you had one client? And then secondly, automate the points along the way you could. And then if you can't automate the the actual act, can you automate the tracking or the, 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 um, behavior of or accountability. Yeah. It, right. Yep. And then the next thing is you took that and you said, all right, it's going to be <laughs> human beings operating the system. So let's make it as simple as possible, which was making it visual and inherently making it clear to that underpaid untrained person at the front desk. Here's the work to do today. Here's the most yep. important work to do today. And it's not, everything's important. It's like, this is important right now. Totally. You know? Yeah. Yep. And if we do that, we recreate a very, like you're passing the baton and passing the baton and passing the baton, but you end up with something super duper boring
1: and profitable. Yes. Yeah. But boring. And effective. Yeah. And, and the only simple. other thing I'd I'd stick yeah. in there is, you know, you're telling them what to do, give them the tools, the frameworks that they right. need to execute that the right way.
0: Right. Yeah. If you're walking up to, if you were building homes and they walk up and they're like, it's like, Hey, take that pile of lumber and build a house. You're like, let me show you the plans. And let me show you what we're going to do first. First, we're going to do this, the first floor walls. And then we're going to do the roof. We're not going to do it in any order you want. (laughs) And you're saying up to the point where you go, uh, I already set up your tool belt for you. Yep. It's already got the tool. You are You don't need You don't know that you're going to need this long of a, screw but i already loaded 400 of them and that's because they're you know there's that many pieces of wood you're going to screw and i got an extra battery in there because you don't know that at 200 you're going to run out of the battery the battery's going to go dead in your drill yeah i already got it it's right here put this belt on and let's start right
1: and and, you know setting this kind of stuff up sounds very daunting and it is it is a lot of work it's a lot of mental work but um man when it's done it's like you yeah. you waste so much time doing the same the inefficiencies. Yeah. Like
0: what I would love for my listeners to know too is like I want to continue a conversation with you and see how do we develop this within our trust driven care. So somebody that's running a clinic and clinic gym mm-hmm. could just buy the system and say it's already installed. And then all we have to do is show them, here's all the things to do today. You know? Yeah. So you and I can continue that conversation in the future. Sure. But sure. Uh, I think in the end, for even if you don't have a CRM, I would say, look at something as simple as Trello or Asana and try and use that at first, because just creating that simple process, you're going to be better than 80, 85% of all businesses, right? I mean, oh, no most question. businesses don't do anything to organize.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, you can see, I don't like I'm on video for your uh, listeners, but I mean, you know, if we've been on enough video calls that there's always a whiteboard in the back and yeah. multiple whiteboard. Like, I, I would really encourage step one to draw out your business. Right. right? Like what it, what you want it to look like. And that's mm-hmm. kind of a, a really good starting point. Otherwise, you know, you don't know what you're trying to build or what you're trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Sweet. But, All right, buddy. Well, thanks for having well, me, man. I appreciate you.
0: Absolutely. I appreciate it. And Rick, uh, for those listeners, uh, your company is called 2540co.com 2540co.com yep Yep, it sure is fantastic and we'll put a link to that in the show notes sounds good thank you brother I appreciate you well I appreciate you thanks for the time and the insight Uh, I think what you talked about can make people a lot of profit in their business and on behalf of Rick Anderson this is Dr. Josh Saturday saying go out there maximize your license and live the life you dream of Rick thanks so much man you got it buddy Thanks a lot for listening to Clinic Gym Radio. If you're looking for more information about me, about us, about our programs, then just head to clinicgymhybrid.com. Again, that's clinicgymhybrid.com. You can check us out there. We've got our accelerator program and a few other programs that will help you get up and running as quickly as possible and making more money while providing excellent active therapy to your patients.